broadcasting from the 72nd floor of First Canadian Place in the heart of Toronto's financial district, this is Hashtag Finance, the podcast that profiles innovative entrepreneurs and thought leaders operating in the public markets. Presented to you by the CSE, the exchange for entrepreneurs. And hello, you have joined us again for another edition of Hashtag Finance. I'm your host, James Black, and today I'm pleased to be joined by my friend, Sarah Tahor from Can Innovations. And we're going to have a, a nice discussion today, Sarah, about innovation, cannabis, and Israel, a country that we've uh, you visit far more than I do, but we've both <laughs> visited together at times. Um, and I want to structure our conversation around the fact that you are an expert in bridging business between these two countries, Canada and Israel. Uh, you work with what, both private companies and public companies? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what what sort of your raison d'etre behind your business? What are you trying to, uh, what value are you trying to create in the world here? Great. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me. This Absolutely. is quite exciting. <laughs> um, so, yeah, as you mentioned, Can Innovations, what we do is we bring um, international cannabis innovation uh, to primarily to Canada. Um, and the reason that we're focused on international innovation, especially in Israel, um, is just because the it seems from where we stand that the innovation there um, is a little bit ahead of what we're seeing here, which makes a lot of sense because cannabis is, a, is sort of the epicenter of a number of different industries that is Israel has previously excelled at. There's the ag tech side, which, you know, Israelis have grown tomatoes in the deserts. Um, There's Mm -hmm. the pharma side, where we have uh, Teva, one of the largest generic uh, pharmaceutical companies. And then there's just the innovation side with the AI and uh, connectivity and uh, other areas that just Israel has, you know, the startup nation, if you will. Um, So when when I came to Canada, uh, or back to Canada, Mm -hmm. I should say, and I got into the cannabis industry, that was one of the first things that I noticed, is that there's, there's a bit of a lack of innovation, if you will. There's um we have great growers. We have a lot of gray market growers that have come into the legal market and applied their understanding of the plant, which is quite unique. Um, but there's still sort of the, there's still an innovation gap. And so when I looked around in Canada to try and fill that gap, I wasn't able to find it in the way that I was able to find it in Israel. And so that's really, I went back to some of the investors and the companies that I worked with in the past. Uh, I'd lived there for mm-hmm. um, almost 10 years. And so I, I it, there was tons of really interesting companies. Um, but uh, as usual, when people companies are so far away, it's hard for them to bring their innovation to new markets. And that's where we stepped in. So you're, you're looking to export innovation in the cannabis sector to Canadian businesses, which have been attracting money and uh, capital markets, uh, imagination of the markets, obviously, we've seen in the stock market. Um, is that a is that a correct summary? Sort of what yeah, you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I would say well, more import the technology. I would say than export. Export it from Israel, import it into Canada. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying that. And when you talk about just basic history of cannabis in Israel, the um, you know when you talk about uh, identification of uh, certain, uh, I guess cannabinoids, um, terpenes. I mean, a lot of people take credit for that, but (laughs) I think the most relevant or or, uh, believable is is out of Israel. Yeah, so there's Professor Meshulam, um, Mm -hmm. about 50 years ago out of the Hebrew University. Um, He's been credited for discovering THC and CBD and getting to understand the endocannabinoid system. Um, And Beyond that, um, there's just uh, there's uh, that's really continued to grow with the with the type of interest and also the I would say the government support from a regulatory perspective of allowing um, innovation and research to really thrive there. And so, as you rightly pointed out, started off with sort of the big uh, cannabinoids, THC and CBD, and then it's also developed into a lot of terpenes and minor cannabinoids. Um, and then that's come together with the Volcani Institute, which is uh, um, they have the agricultural research organization, the ARO, which is a government fund 
funded entity in Israel um, that's been doing a lot of research on all kinds of agriculture, and they've also gotten involved with cannabis. So you have sort of the medical clinical side, which is the the cannabinoids, and then you have the agricultural side, which is the research tech or sorry the agricultural technologies. Um, and they're just some amazing work. And again, that that Israeli mindset of let's try different things and let's see what happens and let's make mistakes um, yeah. and and learn from them. And so that I think that's really helped to foster the innovation there. We went to a, the Hebrew University in Jerusalem and we went to one of the labs. Yeah. I, vaguely remember at this point they were developing a cannabinoid for women's health yeah exactly i don't know if you remember the specifics yeah. of what they're treating but it it's was one of the companies we work with so we know them pretty well yeah do you mind sharing what it is <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. so um that company um it's they have a few different um uh, um entities under the the parent company but mm-hmm. one of them is the the research lab which you had mentioned um, and that's run by professor hannes lumiere um who was one of he worked under uh, professor mashulam mm-hmm. um and he is uh uh, originally a Czech uh, a chemist, uh, and so he runs the lab there. He's done a lot of research on the um, uh, also terpenes and you know non um, psychedelic uh, aspects of, uh, of cannabis. Um, and so he runs the lab there. And then they have a separate separate part called Gynica, uh, which is doing uh, research on the women's reproductive system, which has yeah. the second most cannabinoids after the brain. That's so what I thought was really yes. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so and that's just excellent because they're they're connected to the university but a private entity. Um, and so they're able to, they're not reliant on the bureaucracy of the university. They're able to go in the directions that the science takes them. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's also, it's run by a really talented woman, which is makes a lot of sense if you're researching the women's reproductive system. Yeah, um, yeah. Right. yeah, I would agree <laughs> with important. that. Important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and so they're working on putting together some, um, some either OTC or uh, um, other types of uh, full pharmaceuticals that have clinical backing. Interesting. Okay, mm-hmm. we're going to get more into that, but quickly a message from our sponsors and we'll be right back with Sarah. Public Entrepreneur Magazine chronicles a bold and exciting new chapter in the Canadian Securities Exchange story. With over 500 public companies and share turnover measured in the billions, we're proud of our reputation as the exchange for entrepreneurs. Public Entrepreneur Magazine gets you up close and personal with a focus on topical stories and interviews with the charismatic entrepreneurs that make things happen. If you haven't already subscribed, be sure to get your free copy available on the CSE.com. And we're back with Sarah. Now, Sarah, what I want to discuss is the uh, interrelatedness or relationship between Canada and Israel. And my first question around that is, why does Israel need to innovate or export its innovations outside of its own borders? Why does it need to go to Canada to export these innovations? Yeah, so Israel, as, as fantastic it is, as it is from an innovation technology perspective, there's not a real market in Israel. It's very small. It's a small country. Um, there, it's small population groups. Um, and so the I'd be very wary of any company that's business plan is based on Israeli markets. Um, so the, the actual target market for most Israeli companies is international. And the, the, the obvious um, advantage of Canada is that it's a very clear regulatory framework, mm-hmm. that if you're looking to export your technology or your innovation, you want to know what the rules are. And Canada's one of the few countries that the rules are very clear and set out. Um, and so that's a big part of it. And then the other part is how Canada is a leader internationally. So if you're looking at a lot of the European markets, or European players, I should say, uh, which uh, from what I've read is the largest um, can- medical cannabis market um, in the foreseeable future, it's uh, it's, it's mainly Canadian players that have their uh, either subsidiaries um, or um, investors 
investments or other types of, the, of uh, uh, relationships there. And then the other side of it is, of course, the capital markets, is that there's access to capital here in Canada. Right. Um, and, and there's a very comfortable investor network as well that is familiar and ready to put uh, put money in cannabis. For us, we we shy away from working with investors that have never invested in cannabis because we found that there's a long learning curve. Um, there, there's a certain level of comfort that you have to get there. And to be honest, just not everybody's there. Um, and so it's uh, the, the ability to come to Canada, have really clear regulation, have exchanges that are very friendly to cannabis companies like the CSE. Mm-hmm. It's a huge benefit to international companies that have a clear regulatory framework from a market perspective and also from a capital markets perspective. Right. And, and just to be clear, and as the Israeli companies are not exporting exporting flour. No, they're not. They're exporting IP. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. they're uh, currently um, there is um, the government has allowed export, but they haven't yet set the regulation. So um, what that means is that there just is no export yet until the government explains what the or decides what the regulations going to be. Right. And the licensing the government has allowed out in Israel is it it's 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 not seed to sale, is it? They've, they've broken it up as far as how they let certain companies play in the value chain? So that's a tough question right now. <laughs> you're, uh, you're looking for gossip. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, they, actually, very recently, they've changed the structure. It used to be similar to ca- the Canadian medical mo- model, where mm-hmm. the patients were getting it directly from what we here call LPs, or licensed producers. Right. Um, and then in the past, uh, don't quote me on this, maybe three months or maybe a little bit less even, they've changed it so that you can only get access to your medicine through pharmacies. Um, and that's created a huge gap for, um, for patients. Um, so the, you know, the benefit is that pharmacies have um, more strict um, QA or quality assurance uh, um, steps. It's, you know, they're used to working with pharmaceutical medicines. But then the other side of it is now you have another hand in the supply chain that's also looking to take a cut. So it's it's made it more expensive. And it is also while the transition's going on, um, there's become a, a, a lack of supply, lack of access to medicine for the patients. And uh, right. right, just this morning, I read about a class action lawsuit that um, a group of patients are putting towards um, the... Um, I don't know what it, you'd say in English. It's basically the authority that manages cannabis in Israel. In mm-hmm. Hebrew, we call it the Yakar. Um, and then also uh, some of the producers and extractors. Wow. Sounds like a bit of a, a, <laughs> a knot. But uh, is it my understanding, I guess, from the side of the regulators that they didn't want to give people who were farming the right to distribute because they weren't going to be experts in both? I mean, to me, practically, it's hard to do. We're seeing it now even with um, a lot of, of the LPs or sorry, the MSOs are starting to divest real estate assets out of their companies so they can focus on the product delivery side because to d- deliver the full value chain of grow seed to sale, um, you've got to be a very complex entity to do that and do it profitably throughout. Is there any rationale from that right. perspective that the Israelis are, are looking at or is it more political or was there some I'm trying to understand the reason behind it yeah so patient protection the, right and I, it's supposed to come from the angle of patient protection mm-hmm. uh, you know you don't nowadays where where else can you get even over-the-counter drugs it comes from a pharmacy yeah. um, and so if we're saying that cannabis is medicine um, and we're trying to get more towards uh, pharmaceutical cannabis and start instead of sort of medical cannabis which is under um, the cannabis act in Canada at least um, it's uh, it, 
that's how you get medicine. That's more traditional. And they're, they're used to dispensing medicine. Um, there's Ideally, there's also the understanding from a pharmacist of if you're on other medications, um, how they'll interact with uh, with cannabis or otherwise. Um, so th that it's supposed to come from the patient protection, but uh, it's still, there's definitely a lot of growing pains. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, it, yeah. Not, not any nation has it all figured out, as no. we've seen when you're into uh, legalization in Canada. So maybe from a Canadian perspective, sort of the uh, opinion or insight I want from you is, you know, what can we learn from Israel? What can we take from them uh, to help better our market? And is there a gap that their innovations come and help us fill here? Yeah, um, what I see is the big or one of the biggest benefits from Israeli companies is that they have more of a, a scientific or pharmaceutical approach. So, for example, um, it would be very rare to see a product come out of Israel that hasn't gone through stability testing or PK testing or some of the other uh, type of tests that you're, you're more familiar with uh, with from the pharmaceutical world. Uh, whereas here, a lot of times it's just to, to get a product on the shelf. Um, and obviously, there, there's there's more pharmaceutical influence. And also, it's not just pharmaceutical, you know. Also with the FDA and the, the food um, uh, uh, food regulations to understand also safety and heavy metal testing and other types of things that are required in in other industries, um, you're you're seeing a lot more. You're seeing that as a basic requirement coming out of Israel, uh, whereas here we're still we're still getting there. You might not have that uh, all the tests or all the rigorous testing, um, but I think that actually Canada's getting a lot better at that. Um, so at least from the scientific perspective, if you're working with an Israeli company and you say I want to see your COA, you usually get the response, no problem. Whereas some other industries or some other uh, countries, you'll kind of see, okay, give me some time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, and just to close, um, maybe tell me where people can connect with you and what you guys are working on. And, you know, where, where does Sarah hang her hat? <laughs> where does Sarah hang her hat? If only I wore hats. Um, <laughs> uh, it's so, almost winter, maybe it's too. It's almost winter. So, yeah, um, yeah so the best, uh, the best way to get in touch is just uh, through email or LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, our work can innovations with one n <laughs> one n that's yeah. very important folks c-a-n okay. innovations mm -hmm. um and uh that's the best way to get in touch what we're working on is um some really interesting uh joint ventures as i said the, the medical market is quite strong in israel in the clinical um, perspective and so we've been mapping out the industry and seeing what companies are working on which clinical indications um, and that's something that also personally i'd love to see a little bit more collaboration here in canada with israel right. is that taking more of that clinical research um, and and working with Israeli companies who can do it a little bit faster, a little bit cheaper, um, and uh, and then seeing some of that more again pharmaceutical, clinically backed research, bring it to market in Canada as actual pharmaceutical drugs, uh, which I think is something that both the patients um, and the and the industry is really hoping to get towards. Nice, great call to action, um, folks. If you're listening today on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, Apple. Please subscribe. We get uh, great content like today's show with Sarah. We do about twice a week, sometimes three times. Um, we're covering all sorts of topics, but today, cannabis, Israel, and innovation. Uh, Sarah, I want to thank you again. And uh, anything, uh, when are you flying back? When are you, when are you last going? <laughs> uh, November 2nd. I'll see go. you at the, uh, the airport, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not me, but, but uh, soon enough. Um, thank you so much again for joining us. Thanks for having me. Great. Thank you. Hi, it's Grace from the CSC reminding you to make sure to follow us on social media for the latest updates on our listed companies as well as new listing alerts. For more in-depth content, be sure to pick up our free quarterly magazine, Public Entrepreneur, available online at thecsc.com.